Welcome to FisherCast, the Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers. Mo- Hi, I'm Moira. And I'm Des. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing angling, fly fishing, and trolling. Uh, uh, Mo- Moira? Yeah? Um, This is... Uh, aren't we doing Six Feet Under? No, no. dear. No, dear. This is a fishing podcast. I have Fishercast. It's Fishercast. Remember, Robin? But this we're talking is... about fishing and how much I like to sleep with them. Wait, do you have a fever? But I got a. Ga- yeah, I have a game based on the show. What show? Six, six feet under. There, no. There's a show. Today, today yeah. we're talking about it's angling. The, it's the show we've been covering. No. What? No, we we've been talking about fishing. I know we were talking about like mollusks last week, and before that we were talking about cephalopods. But uh, and I, a couple episodes ago, I think it was like crustaceans and how much I really like to eat them, and uh, how I like to barbecue trout in the morning that I freshly caught. You know, exactly. No, we're in almost Ontario. We're almost done the series, guys. Really? No, no. Oh. I, I I think I think maybe you have a fever, actually, Robin. Maybe you should go and lie down. Take two aspirin and call me in the morning. But I. I did a game. I got a game. Is, does it, is it a game to do with tackle? Because I thought we were talking about that today, too. Oh. The, I mean, the, I've, got, I've got all my notes on, on, you know, terminal tackle ready. Well, you, you know, we do the Darwin Award, you know, the death, you know, crazy death oh, at the beginning no. of the episode. No, I think you're confused. I mean, there are crazy deaths every episode, but that's because we fish. And we, the we, fish and we bonk die. them on the head with our bonkers, you know, oh, no, and then the we Dar- barbecue them. The Darwin them. Award, we, yeah. we find a I real mean, death that mimics the show death? No. I'm sorry, Robin. I, 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 I think that you are not feeling well. I think you might be, in fact, if I were to give you a clinical diagnosis, I think you might be delusional. But no, then we do, then Moira, you do the view, open casket viewing where you do the description of oh. the episode and then... They're there. The, the fisher of the week? Sweetheart, no. what the fuck are you talking about? We're talking about fucking fish tonight. Fucking fish. Oh, I don't think that's, cl- I don't think that that's clinically possible. Well, <laughs> if you do it right. But then, then, no, but wait, really? Are you sure? Uh, sweetheart, well, I'm sure. Uh, what we're the fuck's sure. going wrong with you? Yeah, I'm. I'm really confused. We're supposed to talk about fishing tonight. It's really supposed to be just about angling. Robin, I, would they call it the Fisher Cast if it wasn't about fishing? But that's the that's the family's name. Okay, I, mean, that's, that's, I think it's time be... we put Robin to bed. I Good night, so, everybody. Uh, Good night, because that would be a really lame name for for a podcast. I mean, really. I mean, why would it be called the Fisher Cast if it wasn't guys, about fishing? Guys, exactly. It doesn't make any sense at all. I'm, oh, I'm no. Confused. Sorry, Robin. Oh, guys.
Welcome to the Dirty Sexy Intro Cast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. <laughs> I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers, Moira, <laughs> and this. You see, it's great that we renamed the podcast because you know the our our alternate universe uh, peeps were uh, kind of uh, picking on the name of the show, so it's just good timing that we now have a new podcast name, right? I, I was sort of hoping this was the salmon episode, Robin. <laughs> Are you I don't know what in- you mean. I thought we were going to learn about catching Arctic salmon. Oh, gosh. Are you both going to start calling me sweetheart now? <laughs> so that was, uh, that was a great spoof of Fish Guest, and I feel kind of honored to be parodied. It's really awesome that people listen and, um, uh, well, or don't listen and just <laughs> well, know the title know of the podcast. Robin. <laughs> Not a single person involved in that spoof actually listens to it. I know. <laughs> Mike, Mike is uh, Michael, uh, your co- your co-host on Nonsense Cast, has listened to the uh, podcast before because it sounded like he was trying to bring in some of the segments that we do. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if Michaela has though. <laughs> no, because so, she hasn't started watching the show yet, but she's going to once she starts watching the show. Right, she well. just was able to kind of nail my clinical demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> and who was playing you, Des? Who was playing me? Molly. Molly was playing. So that was yeah. Mike, Molly, and Dez. Or excuse me, Mike, Molly, Michaela. and Michaela. Excuse me. She doesn't. Yeah. She won't care. She doesn't listen. Um, and uh, yeah, that was very entertaining. I hope you enjoyed it as a, kind of a, a nice uh, bringing us into season three. We're here. And we also have a brand new guest who's never been on the podcast before. I don't even know if he's podcasted before, but uh, it's a different Mike. Mike, uh, what do you say, Mike? <laughs> hey, what's up? Uh, glad to have you here with us. Um, so um, Nice to have some penis on the show. <laughs> and we've started already. Okay. Des is under the weather, but she's still on her game. Yeah. I'm still on my game, mostly. But you I'd should explain about... that, that Mike is um, uh, a funeral director, right? Because he's Mike seen is the show. a funeral director, yes. Yes. You've, can you just briefly, without giving any spoilers, like talk to us about uh, maybe your experience at Six Feet Under and what brought you to the podcast? Yeah, sure. I got into it uh, back when it was on the air, and uh, it's one of my favorite shows. I've seen it a few times, mm-hmm. and really like it. Um, and uh, the, have you watched the other Alan Ball show, True Blood? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of it, but yeah. it doesn't really live up to this one in my it's a totally Opinion. different show. It's weird. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I can, Not always in a good way. Yeah. There are some yeah. like the ridiculous off the wall things that happen in Six Feet Under also happen in True Blood, but there are some really ridiculous things that happen in True Blood. Right. Mike, do you have a favorite character of all time from Six Feet Under? Uh, I really like Nate and I like Ruth too. Hmm. And uh, probably my two favorites. Where, where did you hear about the podcast, by the way? Uh, I think I originally heard it on the Twin Peaks podcast. Oh, nice. Oh, you're a listener to Twin uh, Peaks podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Yuck. Awesome. Twin we, Peaks sucks. No, it does not. It's awesome. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, these are, my, these are my two favorite shows, so. Oh, cool. Cool, yeah. Um, all right, so um, let's get on to our next segment, the Darwin Awards. And this is uh, the segment where I honor the idiots in history that kind of snuff themselves out before they reproduce or cause any more harm. Um, this one's called uh, Rock Out. 
And it's dedicated to Phil's band <laughs> and uh, the bad choices we all make in bed during our college years. This comes from actually Singapore back in 2006. Uh, it reads, picture a college dorm room, dirty laundry, sexy posters, food wrappers, textbooks, and in the middle of it all, a 16-year-old male rocking out to loud music. A typical student, a typical day. But this particular student rocking out on his air guitar was about to take things too far, according to the coroner's report. Li Xiao, a student at the Hua Business School, bounced up and down on his bed with such enthusiasm that... Yes, he rocked himself right out the third floor window. <gasps> so, uh, yeah. Good job, Li Zhao. And uh, thanks for providing entertainment for the Darwin Awards segment. It's a short one. We have a big episode to talk about. So why don't we take a break and hear from our friends, our new friends at Geek Girl Soup, who are doing an Oz uh, rewatch podcast called the M-City Podcast. Let's hear that. Let's go back to Oz. Not the place at the end of the Yellow Brick Road, the Oswald State Correctional Facility. Join Susan, Amelia, and Chris as they watch the groundbreaking HBO original series, Oz. Whether this is your first time through or you've seen it all before, listen to the trio from Geek Girl Soup talk through their journey inside the glass walls of Cell Block 5, also known as M-City. Geek Girl Soup presents the M-City podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. All right, so we're back, and that sounds like a cool, uh, cool uh, idea. I, I really liked Oz. Any of you watched Oz before? I'm supposed to start. My parents just watched it, and they're telling me to watch it, and I just haven't had a chance yet. I have not yet, so there's another one to add to my queue. <laughs> I think I actually saw like the final season only. So. Yeah. Funny enough, on the plane ride up to New York, there was a guy who was sitting a few rows ahead of us and he was watching something on his laptop and I was trying to figure out what it was. Um, it was clearly a TV show and I figured out that it was Oz and I, I tapped my mom. I was like, look, is, is he watching Oz? And she's looking, she's like, yeah, yeah, that's what he's watching. <laughs> so, um, what's his face? Uh, Michael from lost and, yes. uh, the mayhem guy yep. from the commercials. I love that guy. Uh, Dennis from 30 rock. In other words, yeah. Honestly, I think that's his best role is the one he does in Oz. I haven't seen him do much better. He was naked. I saw him naked. I got to see. (laughs) I got to see him naked in that short little bit on the airplane. It was awesome. There's also there's there's all sorts of people in 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 Oz. Uh, There's uh, the guy Mr. Echo. Mr. Echo. He's freaking crazy in Oz. Um, Like Christopher Maloney, of course. Who, speaking of True Blood, is uh, it's actually going to be on True Blood next season. I'm really excited about that. Um, it's such a strange departure to go from Oz to Law and Order Special Victims Unit to True Blood. True Blood, yeah, that's quite a strange departure. Career. It's like a, a step down, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, regardless, let's get into open casket viewing so we can start talking about the episode Perfect Circles. More. Okay, so season one, season opener, season three, I mean, season opener. Here we go. Following a life-altering illness, Nate seems to embrace his new role of husband and father. Rico strives to be treated as an equal partner in the renamed Fisher and Diaz funeral home. Ruth begins to irritate Nate's irritable wife with her extreme doting on granddaughter Maya. 
Keith and David enter couples therapy, and Lisa contends with the idiosyncrasies of her needy boss and landlord, Carol. Written by Alan Ball and directed by Rodrigo Garcia. Yeah, so we got our uh, we got our good writer and good director here for this episode, and uh, yeah, this is actually the first episode. I don't know if you guys noticed, but it's the first episode of Six Feet Under in widescreen. They're now in widescreen, so mm. cool. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, Mike, I know you listen to the podcast, but uh, the way we do things here is I just start rambling about the episode, and you guys feel free to interrupt me anytime you want. <laughs> So (laughs) here we go. We'll do so. (laughs) Uh, We start off in the operating room and uh, it seems that the, we got a little bit of a hemorrhage and time starts skipping and we start seeing flashes of Nate's life from uh, him and David playing his kids all the way up to where he was holding uh, Maya in the uh, season two finale. And then we fade to white and we see Nathaniel Samuel Fisher Jr. 1965 to 2002. Um then I was pissed. <laughs> I was going to say, right here, what, what were you guys thinking? <sighs> I was ready I was, to turn it off. I knew you'd say that. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this and is not thinking, right. Not acceptable. I'm thinking that he can't be dead because he can't be dead. And then how are they going to undo that? But if they undo it, it's lame, which it was. But oh. I... Yeah, you can't you can't we'll get do to that. that and then undo <laughs> it and then make it not lame. I'm sorry, but you're gonna kill somebody off, kill somebody off, faking people out is stupid. <laughs> Alrighty, well, you, you you never heard of like people like dying and then coming back to life at all, and you know for ten minutes of an episode, come on. <laughs> you know they put his name up there on the screen like he died and everything, so that's. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll just I don't know. My little heart just sank, mm-hmm. and I, I just thought, oh, you better fix this soon, yeah, buddies, it, or I'm out of here. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched it; that really blew my mind too. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of doubted they'd really do it, but I was kind of, I was on edge. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I knew. Here? What are they doing? Um, yeah, yeah, and, no they, and uh, Alan Ball really kind of screws with us because we go to Fisher and Diaz, according to the sign, and the flag is at half mast. We have Rico looking at a covered body of Nate, or we assume it's Nate. Um, Claire's laying in a room just staring, and Ruth is ironing. She looks all sorts of frazzled. Um, She's wearing only a bra, mm-hmm. <laughs> a slip. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was just crazy because you know she looked like she was in like the kitchen or something um and i don't think ruth would ever be wearing just a you know slip in the kitchen oddly enough i thought she looked rather appealing in a way (laughs) she looked very young i thought her hair was down and then we see uh david crying at the desk in the office and the only sound is a clock ticking which i thought was very effective Mm. So uh, we go next to what I like to call the restaurant at the end of the universe. Uh, thank you, Douglas Adams. Uh, and uh, in the background, we hear David Essex's uh, rock on playing to good effect here. And there we have my favorite character of all time, Nathaniel, uh, <laughs> sitting with me. I love Nathaniel, too. <laughs> right? Big Nathaniel fan. And he's eating uh, what he calls fenugreek, and something that smells really awful, and uh, he actually sweetens it up with a little maple syrup. 
And Nate is really worried because he doesn't want to be late for his funeral. And Nathaniel says he, he has plenty of time since this place doesn't exist anyway. Well, Nate was pretty grumpy for a dead guy. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, wouldn't you be grumpy? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I might be thinking I can order whatever I want in this here restaurant. This could be awesome. Like, you, know, you could you could turn that to your advantage, don't you think? I thought he was a little busy myself. I, I certainly wouldn't order fenugreek. <laughs> Sounds horrible. Uh, then we go. We're 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 back at the at Fisher Diaz, and Nate is walking into his own wig. He's wearing a black T-shirt and some. Like sweatshorts, basically. He's totally underdressed. Uh, everybody's there. They're all looking very dour. And Nate stands with David and looks at his bald corpse. And then he hears David in the office, or in, I think it's the wake room or something like that. Mm-hmm. The, no, it's the office. Um, the office. Yeah, he walks in and he sees David teaching uh, Nate how to speak. And Nate is looking all sorts of messed up. Uh, it looks like he was a had a really terrible stroke. Stroke. Yeah. I thought that part was well done, creepily well done, but still. Mm. Uh, great quote from here is, "Cuck, <laughs> cuck, <laughs> cuck." <laughs> uh, so then he hears Maya cooing, and then he sees himself in the other room with uh, Lisa and Maya. And Lisa recounts the tale about how she just wake herself up from the feeling of falling, and that never happens anymore. And then we hear... Wait, wait, wait. There's a great line there, go ahead, though. Go ahead. She says, um, with respect to why she would always wake up when she was jerking before she would sleep, she said, uh, like I was scared of what I, I was going to fall into. Mm. I, don't, I don't think that's a trivial line. Right. I don't even know what that means. Well... I'm not convinced any of what we're seeing in this episode is real, so... I am not either. Okay, thank so, you. No, thank so you. I, I get meaning, you know, you're afraid of what you might dream, and anyway, we can talk about this more later, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm thinking that maybe next episode will be one of the other paths. I'm like, I are they going to so. do this kind of crap? Because, yeah, I'm not happy. I no. am not happy. I'm not happy with so. this life either. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Well, he hears Brenda from the other room, and then he sees him and Brenda walking in, and we're seeing to see that this is kind of like the different realities of what Nate's life could be or where it could have gone. And I, th- uh, I thought it was interesting here seeing uh, Nate's reaction. Like when he's watching him and Lisa, he seems really content, and like he seems to think like that's where he's supposed to be. But then when he watches him and Brenda, he seems to be having a lot more fun yeah. watching that reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, they got the usual Nate and Brenda banter, and it looks like, and they they said some, they say something about them getting high before they get, come over. Yeah. What responsible parents! Oh, <laughs> and then we uh, hear Nathaniel and Nate actually arguing about politics, and we go into the dining room where it, it's that Christmas dinner before Nathaniel's uh, accident. And um, yeah, Nathaniel offers anybody to have the end piece. Uh, that was that was the year before he died, right? Because no. yeah, I think so. Because he never made yes. it to Christmas. Oh, was it, no. or was it I thought that was no, no, I, actually. I think that was that's what would have happened if Nathaniel wasn't in the car crash. <gasps> okay, because oh. they showed. I didn't notice until this time watching it. This, I never noticed this before, but I'm pretty sure uh, Claire was high on crystal meth. 
Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. when okay. she arrived. So nice. She said traffic was terrible, that bit, yeah. Yeah, and she was all acting right. weird, and, and she said she was feeling sick, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think you're right. Um, yeah, so then Nate hears that same anyone want the end piece line coming from the kitchen, and there's Nathaniel eating with a totally different family, except there's another Nate Jr., and uh, yeah, and then Sarah Lancaster, um, who plays Ellie and Chuck, and she was in Everwood, playing the other daughter. Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't recognize her. Oh yeah, I did right away. I could tell by the way she talked. Who I recognized playing Nate Junior was Stephen Sneddon, who uh, plays Jimmy Bond in the Lone Gunman series. So. <laughs> See, I I recognized that guy, but I didn't know his name. So, uh, and then all of a sudden on the sun porch, he hears, uh, himself talking <laughs> and we get <laughs> the best version of Nate I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> redneck Red, Nate. <laughs> redneck Nate, give me a break. <laughs> He's on the sun porch with his, uh, pregnant girlfriend or wife or whatever. And they're watching <laughs> a, a soap opera and, uh, the soap opera reassures them that everything can ha- that can happen does somewhere. And there, the soap opera does have a bit of talk about like Schrodinger's cat and Copenhagen and all this stuff. But interesting. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was expecting somewhere someone would mention Schrodinger's cat. <laughs> it seemed inevitable. Yes. Um, so Nate, we get Nate rushing down the stairs and asking Nathaniel, "What the hell? You know what's going on?" And we have another great music cue. Time is on my side playing. Just as a man in the tux takes a sledgehammer to a clock, which is great. Um, and then we see that everybody in Nate's uh, wake is now bald. Um, <laughs> and Nathaniel fills out a survey for Nate. And I actually wrote down <laughs> what he says here. He says, do you believe that your consciousness affects subatomic particles? And Nate says, am I alive or am I dead? And he says, do you believe that particles move forward and backward in time and appear in all possible places at once? And then Nate wonders, if I am dead, is this heaven or hell? And then Nathaniel says, do you believe the universe is constantly splitting into billions of parallel universes? And Nate, of course, says, what the fuck do I care? Am I dead? Yes or no? (laughs) Um, And Nathaniel gives the great answer of yes and no. Some places dead, some places alive, some places never even existed. But then again, it could just be the anesthesia talking. I love that last bit. Then I was wondering if we're suddenly going to be doing sliders. <laughs> yeah, this stuff brings up fringe for me. I'm like, well, fringe. Um, fringe so- and Desmond, too, from Lost. Oh, Desmond, absolutely. God. We definitely had some flashes before Nate's eyes. Um, so Nate. Nathaniel tells him to open the box and then our audience puts on some protective goggles, which totally cracks Nate up. I love it. And then he's like, fuck it. (laughs) He opens the coffin and then we fade to white and then we see that title card come again and then 2002 disappears. Oh, give me a break. (laughs) I loved it. I love that. I love that whole opening. You didn't like that. I liked it disappearing. I thought it was kind of cool. And I was so relieved when it disappeared because I thought, thank you. Because really, you were about to lose me as an audience member. You (laughs) killed off Nate. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. You can't, you know, you can't do it and then undo it. It just doesn't work. It just makes you seem weak. 
You know, we know you're trying to get us. Okay, ha ha, you got us. So you feel like they're playing with you? It's nothing more than that? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, That's all it is. It's just to get you all upset because you think Nate's dead, and then, oh, surprise, he's not dead. Seriously? Could it be that? I think they could have they could have done it a lot more cliched way though. I mean, the way they did, I thought was really well done. Yeah, I thought so that was interesting. But then when but then we we emerge out of that into this Nate and Lisa reality, and that that, makes no sense. that worried me way more than what <laughs> I thought through the entire episode. Going, okay, this is not real either. This is one of those realities he was imagining, and he's going to go into one of the other ones. But that never happened. And then we had other people's stories too, like Claire's and David's and and Ruth. So I'm going, oh crap, is this really the reality? Because if so, it sucks. I don't, I don't, see, I don't think it's real. And I, I was um, commenting on Twitter with Robin the other night, saying as I was watching it, saying, okay, what's with the lighting throughout this entire episode? Everybody looks a little bit hazy and diffused as if the lighting is eerily soft. And I kept thinking, this is all a dream state. This is all in his head. Yeah, and every so time that's what I'm hoping is true. Little glimpses of the, you know, um, like when he had the glimpses of the things that he saw when he was in imaginary wor- dead world, um, I thought, okay, he's going to wake up or something. No, it didn't happen. Oh, I yeah, but I don't believe this is real. I just don't. I don't either. I don't, I don't believe he would wake up from having had his surgery and survived it and immediately decide, that's it, house moment, I need to marry Lisa. I just, <laughs> I don't Seriously. think that would be his house moment. Right. I, I don't believe that either. Because well, it's been, I don't it's think... been seven months. I mean, a lot could have happened. <laughs> yeah, well, if we're not going to see I... that whole seven months, we're not going to believe it. I'm not buying it. All right. I'm not either. Where the fuck's Brenda? She needs to come back. <laughs> All right. So Nate is recounting this tale of uh, the AVM rupturing to Todd, uh, his new buddy, I guess. And who uh, are these people? We don't know these people. Exactly. Yeah, That's another reason I don't believe it. We don't know change. them. We don't care about them. <laughs> I can't handle this much change in my TV shows. I believe. I believe we have. Uh, these are. These are. These are originally probably Lisa's friends, and uh, and. Nate is, you know, buddying up to them because, you know, he's doing the husband-wife thing, you know? Terrible. Anyway. Dana is surprised how fast they got married, and Lisa insists they've been together for eight years on and off. <laughs> I love that. Also line. fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that really, really made her sound delusional. Which is another reason I didn't believe this was real. <laughs> and, uh... I, nobody else is following Dana, but I was, and she's talking about how astrology could be affect, affected by interplanetary travel. I thought that was yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was kind of amusing, actually. And what's with the cat? Put down the cat. Put down the cat. <laughs> is there some significance to this cat? It's going to come out later. Is there a significance to any cat? Oh, it's Schrodinger's cat. It Put it in a box. TV. Yeah. We don't see it on camera. It was it's hey, alive you open or dead. The box and then you find out the state of that cat. You did see it actually oh, at it? the very beginning, oh, running okay. across the yard. On the lawn, I thought. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, Lisa's breastfeeding is going well because of fenugreek, <laughs> and it, but it makes her sweat smell like maple syrup. Oh my god! And we have our first Nate real. deja vu moment. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Wake up, Nate. It's all a dream. Wake up. Come You're in the me. Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> You're strapped to a chair and they've got tubes in you. <laughs> oh, one of the first things in the Matrix was the whole cat thing, wasn't it? When you yeah. when you have deja vu and you see, and they saw the cat like twice. Anyway, Matrix spoilers. Um, Todd and <laughs> his buddies. Like the first are, five minutes of the movie, <laughs> not really a spoiler. <laughs> Todd and his buddies are puffing on the ganj, and Nate actually number one passes on smoking, and then we find out that he sold his motorcycle. Ah. Uh. Um. Kind of. Uh, I, I don't know. This is kind of an eerie thing at the end of the scene um, when when he goes back for – when he goes back to that, he says he grabbed he grabbed the wrong bag. So Yeah, I, I did not get that. It seemed to have I, – I assume that when he went back to grab his bag, he'd be in a totally different life, you know? <laughs> he would be like him and Brenda with a baby, you uh, know, or whatever. That's too bad. And, and it just went nowhere. I don't understand what the significance of that was. I'm, this, I whole, like you... this whole episode confused me completely. <laughs> but I felt like you did. I expected something to co- more to come out of the bag thing. And yes. then it did, it, nothing happened. And I was Otherwise, what was the point of it? Could that be a metaphor, maybe? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Gra- did Nate grab the wrong bag? He did. If, if they're talking about marrying Lisa, he grabbed the wrong bag. He totally bag. grabbed the wrong bag. He grabbed a knapsack off of a hippie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he was supposed to get a leather satchel for use on his bike. Yeah. <laughs> she smells so sweet, though. Like honey or maple syrup. <laughs> maple syrup. <laughs> hey, here in Vermont, we go for that kind of thing. Uh... Can I just, as an aside, mention that my husband just walked through the room fully clothed and served me bacon-wrapped scallops. He's an amazing I, gentleman. Can I rent him out, Moira? Um, depends that, what usage you want to make of him, Des. <laughs> um, bacon wrapped scallops would be wonderful. <laughs> okay. That <laughs> I, I will rent him out for. I will even let him stay clothed if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Come visit me and I'll have him make some for you, okay? Okay, oh, back to the episode. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we finally get away from Nate for a little while, and uh, David is explaining his feelings to Dr. Mueller. And Keith tries to reassure him that, reassure him, but the therapist urges him to listen and also tells David to focus on how he feels. He says he's afraid of making Keith mad, and he doesn't know who he is anymore. And then the therapist asks what Keith here, and he says, (laughs) nobody, a lot of whining. Oh yeah, that was good. Um, the therapist, I think his name is like Air Gross. Yeah, Ari Gross. Ari Gross. Yeah, Gross. yeah I, I, see, I like that guy too. He's everywhere. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. There were a lot of people I recognized in this episode. There's another one coming up too. Yes. Another couple actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Keith is pissed about his job as a security guard and wishes he could just blow off a little steam when he gets home. How's the sex though? The sex is great. <laughs> Uh, turns out they just they both just work and work out and neither of them have any friends to speak of and Mueller encourages them to express their feelings and try not to criticize each other on to the girl's why favorite still scene together? oh go ahead please talk about David and Keith go right ahead why are they still together because I they just... love each other no, no I don't <laughs> think they do <laughs> 
<laughs> or if that's what love is, lame. <laughs> well, I, I viewed them being in therapy as a good sign. Yeah. No, it's not a good sign. If you have to be in therapy, then things aren't going well. Just hang it up. Move yeah. on. Really? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if well, that's so, fair. A, a, a good sign for their relationship, at least. Yeah. I am totally intolerant of Keith, so, you know, yeah. I mean, really, if well, you have this, to be in therapy, you're doing something wrong. Apparently, it's you're been not with seven months, according yeah. to the t- imaginary time frame, according and said, Keith yes. doesn't seem to have progressed a whole lot, does he? He's so got that's a what job. I thought. Annoying about it. A, a job that he hates. Yeah. No, but I mean, he's just as angry as he was, and presumably this therapy's yeah. only been going on for... Well, I don't know how many weeks because that comes up later that it's been a weekly event. But uh, um, he doesn't seem to have made a lot of progress yet. But anyway, <sighs> that's probably my least will. interesting part of the whole episode. Well, I wonder how long it took David to convince Keith to go to therapy because I'm sure it wasn't the other way around. Probably six months of those seven. <laughs> yeah. um, the next scene, Claire is working on some quick sketches of a naked man who we see in all his nakedness. Yay. Uh, Okay. Uh, boo! This is the worst part Yay. of the episode, right here. Um, what the naked man? I just don't it's like naked, naked men. Man. What? It's a- oh, don't be. You're such so a- you're so um, narrow minded, Robin. Yes, you know you, naked men are, are good. Naked women are appealing are too. It's just all how you look at it. I've you just, really need to broaden your horizons. You are a man. You have a naked body. I'm you just know? speaking in des. <laughs> instant dismissal of anything they don't like. Uh, so, That's true. So well, the teacher, like uh, the teacher is walking around the room, and he uh, he praises uh, Russell, who quickly catches Claire's eye. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Oh, you recognized him? Yes, I did. I, I love him. All right, and uh, Moira, any thoughts, impressions? Oh, just I could see Claire's. Um, Lack of comfort with the whole exercise. She's feeling pretty awkward and pretty out of her depth. That was kind of obvious. I was feeling a bit sorry for Claire. I feel like um, this uh, Ben Foster, or what's his name? Russell. Russell. I feel like Russell might come into play later because it's Ben Foster. Mm -hmm. Surely he's not going to be in it just for two seconds. Well, he wasn't exactly like a big actor back then. Mm -hmm. This is probably the first role I remember. Hey, he was on that one show. Um... He was in that show with, uh, with, uh, so if you remember him from that, it was more than two seconds. <laughs> what was that, uh, that kid show, um, Boy Meets World? Was that the one he was in? One of those. Oh, what is it with Boy Meets World? Listen, I'm people. I'm going to look it up now because it's going to drive me crazy. It's like, you can tell the difference in generations but from people when one <laughs> re- calls up Boy Meets World instantly and doesn't, you know, acknowledge the Wonder Years. The Wonder Years is the better Savage show. Um, the Wonder Years was an awesome I, Look, show. I, I have awesome. never watched Boy Meets World. Oh, I'm good. too old for it. Then how can you But I think because I, I'm pretty sure he was in it. I guess not. Okay, it looks like I he's in no several ups. Okay. You know, get, uh, getting back to job, Six Dad. Feet Under for a second. <laughs> I was just thinking that in this whole episode, <laughs> Claire is probably the one character that I, I feel Flash like um, this might be her reality. Okay. But so we'll see. All right. Flash forward is what he was in. 
All right. That's the one. That's that's the kids' show on Nickelodeon or whatever. I thought Flash Forward was with Joseph Fiennes, and he was loaded. <laughs> no, this was the original <laughs> Flash Forward, which I'm pretty sure had, I think, had Shia LaBeouf in it, too. Amazing. Next scene, uh, Ruth <laughs> is talking That's about so. how uh, Nate was a gassy baby to Lisa, <laughs> and Nate has a deja vu moment. And then in walks, didn't she already say that do that before? Yes, didn't but she? Apparently, she yeah, says it I mean, a lot. last season. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then in walks Carol Ward. Oh. Okay, just off topic here a little bit. I looked up uh, Stop Flash looking Forward. Up. No, oh, seriously. God. I looked up Flash oh, Forward, God. which Spoiler was like one of those teen shows. It did not have um it did not have uh Shia in it, but it had Jules Jewel State, um and it had um Ryan Gosling. <laughs> okay, I'm leaning I'm back on my chair waiting for this moment to pass. Yeah, I am I'm pretty much Des. It's yours. Uh, it's all yours. Those are some awesome people. Those are some so awesome care. people in that show. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> back to the flash forward cast. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why uh, I don't know. That's why. Okay, Catherine really... O'Hara just walked in the room. I'm yes. much more interested in that. Thank you. Please talk about that. <laughs> I love it's her. About, I love her too. She's like you know. She's school. like our new Mitzi. She's awesome. <laughs> Ooh, no. Des, do you want to attribute Mitzi's status? No? Okay. Mitzi's much better. Sorry. I love Catherine O'Hara, though, as an actress. She's awesome. She I love great. Catherine O'Hara, but this character is not as good as Mitzi. <laughs> um, I, I think just for the sheer fact that it's Catherine O'Hara, I'm much more tolerant of Carol. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just because I'm like, she's, oh, it's Catherine O'Hara being a, a, a nutty she's character. Hell, she's Canadian. What more can you say? Uh-huh. <laughs> Mitzi was Mitzi was a bitch, a fun bitch. Catherine O'Hara seems a little. Um, she's uh, a little kooky all over months. the place. Yeah, a little kooky but, but all over the place. Fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you think of Carol? Uh, I like her. She's she's all right. In in, in 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 the right quantities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're not hinting at all to the um, mid-season three episode where it's all Carol. <laughs> but, uh, right. <laughs> is, is Mitzi coming She actually watch? becomes the main character. Oh, shit. I spoiled that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Des, they they, they kill off Nate and they replace her with, with her. Des, Sorry. <laughs> Des, I've made it a rule that I'm not going to say anything about whether characters are coming back or not ever again, unless they actually die in real life, and then I'll actually say something. <laughs> Is that oh, in the commentary? Oh, I need to know. I need to know. You have to tell me, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm, I'm yeah. referencing another parody. Another another yeah, intro cast it. parody. Okay. Yes, yes. Head, so, oh, my God. <laughs> So anyway, Carol's really irritated about the whole parking situation, but she seems to be trying her best to pass it off as joking around. She's one of the one of the she's just she's all fun and laughs, but really the parking is terrible and Nate shouldn't be parking there. Um and uh yeah, she orders Lisa to go over a menu for a party of thirty. And uh that's when Rico calls and he's pissed because David's unreachable and they have two viewings. Uh. Go ahead. See? 
See? Didn't I say we're going to hold this shit over their heads? Okay. There's another reason why. Do what I say, bitches. Come on. I don't want this to be reality because it means that Daz's prediction will be right and mine will be totally wrong. (laughs) So now this can't be reality. Because Rico is this horrible douchey guy is just completely annoying. And I don't want to watch a whole episode or season of this. I told you this was going to happen, damn it. But it's not reality, Daz. It's not going to stay like I hope not. I would, like- I would rather. And there's no wrong. freaking way it would be Fisher and Diaz when he's only a quarter partner. I, I'm not no. buying that. What this other shit. last this name is going to be in there? They, 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 they Fisher the and Fisher, Associates. Fisher, Fisher and Diaz. Fisher, Fisher, yeah, Fisher yeah. and Diaz. I, it could be that. I might buy Call that. Call 1-800-FISHER, FISHER, FISHER. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd like to read from a direct message Moira Brown sent me on Christmas <laughs> evening. <laughs> STFU Rico. Des will hate you even more now. Plus, that makes yeah. my prediction wrong. <laughs> you know, Moira, I would much rather be the wrong one. You know? Yeah. Truly. I, oh, I hate him. Galante, I hate him. Because, yes, you don't want to be right about this. We just hate him like this. He's horrible. So, uh, back oh, at- wait. Just die. Die a horrible death. Rico. Back at Fisher and Diaz. Uh, David is catching up with uh, Claire, and Nate comes in, and he's uh, acting exactly like I do over my baby. And uh, and they yeah. and yes, I have turned into a dithering idiot myself. So I- okay, yes. do you wax poetic over defecation? Because this is just this is hilarious. Any yeah. everything this baby does amazes me. Yes, oh. I would probably it, oh, it, it, you know something different you know, than what. what? You have to you have to be smart enough to say okay, it all amazes me, but it's not going to amaze everybody else. So I'm not going to talk about certain things like. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, David offers the end piece to uh, I think Claire or something like that, and Nate has a deja vu moment. Oh, and the other thing that struck me was when he was babbling on about Maya and her defecation. I was thinking to myself, oh my god, Nate is turning into a little hippy dippy crunchy granola version of Lisa. <laughs> which I also don't yes. buy because he was exposed to her for like eight years in Seattle and he didn't turn into that. So I, I just, I just keep gathering evidence for all the reasons why this alternative reality cannot be real. I look forward to your thesis. <laughs> and it better not be, if it better not be real. That's oh, all God. I had to say. Cause this, if this is how season three is going, it's going to be worse than season two. Bring mm-hmm. back Carla. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, no, not, not not that far. No. Yeah, no. Next episode. Bring back, uh, <laughs> I'd rather see Vanessa than uh, than you know this whole marriage thing. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Nate and David are in a bit of a jam about delivering a body to the crematorium, and Claire is stressed out about having to draw a perfect circle on command. And uh, not possible. No, you don't think so. No, it's not possible to draw a perfect circle without any aid from any kind of compass or, you know, template or anything. It's not possible. Hey, my theory is the perfect circle business is a metaphor for the whole episode because Nate is actually in this strange suspended state on the operating table. And this is all taking place in his mind. I and he's the so. one drawing. He's the one drawing the perfect circles, metaphorically speaking. That's my theory. I hope. I hope that's correct. Even though it's stupid, it's <laughs> if they if they if that's what they did, it's stupid. But it's better than this being real. Yep. 
<laughs> Mike, any thoughts on the perfect circle? Uh, no, not the perfect circle. Although I, these thoughts that they're having, I recognize them very much from the first time I watched them. <laughs> I can't comment any more on that, but I have you, the exact same thought process. So you're sharing our angst then. You can, you can have, yes. you know, empathy. Yeah, like 10 years ago, I about had this or whatever, whenever it was on the air. I was watching this episode live and I had these same thoughts. Mm. We're giving you deja vu, right? <laughs> Wake up, Mike. It's not real. Wake up. Someone oh slap me. It's still 2003. Uh, can, can just an update on my scallops. I've polished off all three. I muted the uh, microphone when I was eating. Aren't I nice, Robin? Really? And they were very I'm delicious. So you are an example okay, to back. all Dezes. Uh, okay. Um, can we like record the next episode like tomorrow so that I can watch it? No, you can watch so it though. You can watch it. No, yeah. I need to watch it before we record or I'll forget everything. I don't uh, want to watch it twice. Well, we are um, going but- to be coming right back next week. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So don't worry about <laughs> any sort of break, listeners. Because uh, uh, you've already had to deal with one huge one. So sorry about that. But we're back. Um, anyway, so. <laughs> Well, right, because it's January now, right? Uh, Yes, exactly. When is it? it? I don't even know what it is anymore. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Happy New Year! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Claire goes down to the embalming room, and Rico's a bit surprised. (laughs) A bit of a douche douche again. God, I hate him. And... uh, to read Brad's feedback because I'm sure there's some Rico love in there. Um, yeah, uh, Rico seems to be acting all kind of the high and mighty and surprised by how Nate and David got her to do this. And then she says that she's going to need her help to get the body into her car. I think he's pissed about the 50 bucks. Yeah, I think he was. he's counting every yeah. penny. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't make 50 bucks an hour when I was doing that. Because <laughs> I don't like you, Rico. You suck. So speaking of suck, uh, at the crematorium, Phil is talking about how awesome his band is to Claire. Hmm. And of course, Claire is entranced. Um, We go to Carol. It was a real band. What's that? It was a real band. Yeah. I saw in the credits. I was like, you know, uh, I I was like, it said some band name. I can't remember what it was. As as the crematorium band. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Um, Carol's working on her laptop and talking to Lisa as Lisa's preparing for this party. <laughs> and uh, Lisa's t- t- talking on and on about how glorious her life is as a mother and everything. And Carol. Doesn't sound, so to me, it okay. sounds like Lisa's got a little bit of the baby blues going on there. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Moira? Mm, really? doctor. Oh, that she was trying to convince herself she could do she it all, was, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, maybe, like, yeah, like I think she's, she's feeling the stress. Tired, yeah. She's stressed out, but she's she's she doesn't want to say she's not really happy because she's tired and stressed out, you know, because then it would say she doesn't love her baby, you know how how mm-hmm. people are. Yeah, and I don't to know me, if she's that's actually depressed, like. but I think she well, no, she's baby stressed. Blues, she's just juggling not, too much. Not, not yeah. like postpartum depression, but no. a little bit of the baby blues, you know, feeling yeah. a little down, stressed out, and plus tired. she has a boss who's, you know, liable to go <laughs> off like a crazy person at any moment, which can't make it easy. Full <laughs> of crazy. Yeah, and she does. She actually breaks down crying and says it's all about making some sort of pitch to McGee, 
And uh, Lisa tries being nice and offering her tea, and she says that she's her boss, not her grandmother. And stop looking at me, Lisa! And Lisa looks right at the floor. (laughs) (laughs) That was awkward. And then Carol uh, complains more about the whole thing, that there's a man in the house now, and she can't swim naked. She used to go out there and feel like Artemis. (laughs) And and how he hostily parks in her driveway now. (laughs) All right, so... (laughs) Uh, I think uh, perhaps uh, Ruth and Carol need a sitcom together. Um, two, two crazy girls coming up on CBS. Uh, David and Keith are working in the kitchen together, and David adds a little bit of pepper, and Keith stops him. And David tries to express how that made him feel. Keith says it's not of such a big deal, and then he apologizes for making him feel that way. And says that his family always expressed their anger. David is afraid that it might somehow turn into a bit of violence. And, uh, says, whatever, can show the anger because he's, oh, oh, Keith can show his anger because he's comfortable with David. Yeah, I thought that was kind of, um, a step in the right direction that he realized that, you know, he deals with things this way, you deal with things that way. And the fact that he's comfortable enough to do it in front of him means he cares about him. Well, yeah, at least Keith is making an effort finally to try to um, yeah. communicate. Finally. finally. So. And they said, ooh, it smells like pepper up in here. <laughs> it does smell like pepper. <laughs> uh, I knew you were thinking that, Robin. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then the next scene, Claire is totally crushing on Phil as he humps his guitar. Uh, <laughs> and we're gonna sleep together. Oh yeah, he's giving her that look, and she's all sorts of groupy. Um, Ruth is feeding Maya, and Nate walks in, and then backs out because he hears Ruth telling her Maya <laughs> about how Nate wasn't planned, and how terrified she was when he was born. And I was so distressed that she was feeding that baby peanut butter. <laughs> Were you really? I was so distressed, yes. Uh, I was like, you cannot feed a baby peanut butter. (laughs) Why don't you give it a little honey to go with it? (laughs) And some raw eggs. Seriously. (laughs) You're serious, right? pretty much your Lisa. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Okay. This is the one time I agreed with Lisa. It's probably the only thing she's ever said that I've agreed with. Excellent. Yeah. Children can develop allergies to things that, like peanuts and milk and um like yeah and then you can get botulism from honey you're not supposed to feed them that stuff when they're under a year old because they can't um develop the you know the they're just more likely to call thank you yes yes you wait till they're after a year old you develop allergies so you only develop allergies to things you've been exposed to so the theory is don't expose them when they're that young and their immune system is so immature right so this is right (laughs) Interesting. Um, yeah, so yeah, been Robin, feeding your daughter you... peanut butter, Robin. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I haven't. No, no, and I, I am aware of such things. It was just funny to me how, like, like I was watching the scene and I was just like more focused on what Ruth is telling about Nate, Nate not being planned <laughs> and stuff. And I thought I was wondering if Des, if you were kidding because of what Lisa said later, 
Uh, no, no, no. Okay. I was truly distressed and worried that the baby was going to have a reaction <laughs> to it. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, Nate comes in and Ruth kind of lectures him on how Maya still sleeps with him and Lisa and she's nine months old now. And then I got distressed because um, family beds are terrible. Mm. That's a horrible, horrible thing. You're telling me. Um, I... <laughs> Do you have a family bed, Robin? Uh, the child is sleeping, all right? <laughs> We're oh, working our yeah. way out of it. <laughs> the child there is sleeping. Are, there are signs all over Pensacola from the... Um, the It has, like, a picture of a woman who is the county... Um, 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 damn it. <laughs> county, damn it. Thank you. Thank you very yeah. much, Moira. Yes, and it says... Um, Something about, you know, don't sleep with your baby or uh, or I'll be seeing your baby next or something like that. It's mm-hmm. just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, wow. it's I guess we have a lot of deaths related to, you know, pe- children sleeping with parents, babies sleeping with parents in Pensacola or something. I don't know. But yeah. I've never been one to believe in baby sleep. First of all, you're never going to get that little shit out of your bed. All right. For one, um, first of all, she's not a little shit. <laughs> yes, she, all babies are little shits. She, I will send you a picture of her, some of her little shits, though, if you'd like. <laughs> Post on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Twit pick. Uh, wow. Okay, so uh, moving on. Uh, thanks, Ruth. Keith uh, proposes some sex. David gets himself <laughs> all nice and cleaned up. There's finds- a problem right there. And when it takes you forever to get ready for the sex, (laughs) the person got bored and went to sleep. (laughs) Just do it. Sweaty and all. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm sure he doesn't want to offend Keith. This is odors. Any of his odors, you know? Yeah, well... Uh, I'm not touching that comment. I could say I'm not going to say a word. (laughs) Well, look, this is coming from someone who doesn't have sex, so... I may be totally off base, you know? It's been so long, I don't even know how to do it anymore. Well, Claire got some. Uh, Yes, she did. (laughs) He was was a cutie. Kind of a ditz, but cute. (laughs) Uh, Moira, thoughts? Eh. Yeah, well, see, here's where I'm wondering if Claire's... In uh, truly in a good reality, <laughs> so, I'm still harping on that. <laughs> uh, Mike, thoughts think, about Phil? I think she's going to get together with uh, Ben <laughs> Foster. Thoughts? No, not yet. That thoughts on Phil? None, really. <laughs> okay. I think he's not even going to reappear. I think it'd be spoilery if I had any. So right. Okay. okay. Um, all right, so yeah, he makes a coffee and encourages her to play hooky from the college she desperately wanted to get into. Right, that's just what she needs for influence. That's perfect. Nate finds yeah, uh, but Nate finds Doctor Mueller's name on the calendar, and after Nate's about to call to find out who it is, David confesses that he and Keith are in counseling. Keith has anger issues. David has doormat issues. <laughs> and then David asks about Lisa and him. And Nate agrees with Moira. It's still bizarre. (laughs) 
all yeah. the possible ways his life could have gone. And only a year ago, he was engaged to Brenda. And who'd have, mm-hmm. who'd have thought um, they, that they could make that work out of sheer will? You have no idea what life can give you. I, I thought that was interesting that Nate seemed to think that fate was the one that made the choice to marry Lisa, you know, and not him, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, David looks a little bit uh, taken aback when Nate makes a comment about forcing it out of sure will, because that seems to be what he's trying to do with Keith, right? <laughs> so that so, struck yeah. a little close to home. Yeah. <clears throat> David admits that he's auditioning for the gay men's course of Los Angeles. And I went, yay, I want to see that scene. <laughs> Lisa smells something on Maya's clothes and calls Ruth. So d- does she always smell her baby's poop stains? Is that <laughs> like a regular thing for her? I think it was probably f- um, from around the collar part, right? Don't you think? Like she just got yeah, some. I thought it was down shirt. like the front of the shirt, you know, yeah. part of oh, it. So okay. wives checked their husband's collars for lipstick and mothers checked their children's collars for peanut butter. Apparently, <laughs> she might have been trying to figure out what is this on my daughter's shirt? But, but does get there? Just, to reassure you, the baby would not react at the first feeding of peanut butter. Just, just you know, putting that out. Oh, there that's good. That's good for information. <laughs> because you know you don't want the this baby going into anaphylactic shock or anything from that's peanut right. butter at nine months. <laughs> Although that would that would really help the show out some because babies <laughs> kill shows. <laughs> oh God! Leave the baby alone. This is why. Sucks this season so far because the damn baby in it. There was a lot of the damn baby in it. Yeah, did the baby baby. do anything to cause any harm to this episode? She had a perfect poop, Desiree. (laughs) Glorious poop. (laughs) Perfectly shaped. She turned Nick into a dithering idiot. You know, we had to have a lot of uh, what's her face. The baby has also affected this podcast. Then. Yes, it has. It's ruined this podcast, too. It's ruined everything that's touched. Yeah, baby. Hey, this podcast did not take a break while that baby was being born. I'll have you know. I was releasing it the day after. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Ruth does feel terrible. as She apparently is not informed about the whole allergy thing. And she asks if uh, Lisa needs any help. And Lisa wants to spend some time with Maya. Ruth hangs up and looks all sorts of sad and lonely. See, Ruth hasn't had babies in a long time, and things have changed. What they should do is get her a subscription to one of the baby magazines that has all kinds of good information in it. You know, like don't feed peanut butter to a baby under a year old. Mm-hmm. You know, put your baby in a rear-facing car seat if they're under a certain age. People don't know these things. You'd be mad. You'd be surprised how many people just don't have any kind of ideas when it comes to how to take care of small babies. Mm-hmm. So you think uh, Lisa might be getting a little tired of Ruth by now? Or? That's what I kind of got that impression. Yeah. Yeah, it's the other way. Mm-hmm. I felt bad for Ruth there. Yeah. And I thought Ruth was really very gracious about the way she apologized and handled that. Mm-hmm. Like she took the criticism very well. Well, you can't really blame her. She raised children, what, 18, 19 years ago? Like 30 years ago, yeah. Well, some yeah, of them. I mean, some of them. Claire was, there's only yeah. 18, but yes, yeah. I mean, they d- didn't know better back then. 
You know, I I didn't have a car seat. I used to fly around the car, you know, <laughs> and get black eyes all the time. So you know, it's a different it's a different that day and age now. <laughs> that explains everything. <laughs> we put our baby's safety first these days, you know. So, uh, but she doesn't know that. So, of course, she—you can't really blame her. She didn't know better. But maybe you should just sit down with her and have a little talk about baby safety in two thousand whatever year this is. Two thousand two. Um, so Keith shows up to this house in his lame security guard outfit and we get the beginning of a little, uh, montage. Uh, David is auditioning for the gay men's chorus and singing very, very lovely, 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 I don't know. It's, uh, in a lovely manner, in a lovely manner. <laughs> yes. Um, we see that the emergency Keith had to show up to was scoop a dead possum out of a pool. And we just kind of get this. Uh, what? I like the Is image. that what it was? I just thought it was a giant American rat. I think it was a possum. <laughs> it looked like a possum. I uh, swear I saw a rat that big dead on the street in San Francisco. So, you know, it's not beyond the realm wow. of possibility. I love the, the shot of uh, Keith just kind of holding this thing up with his hat kind of tilted back and the woman looking on all scared and him, just a look in his eyes like, what is my life turned into? <laughs> now you know why he hates his job. Yeah. Uh, and God, what a really a ridiculous. I mean, it looks like it was a stage costume. <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> um, Ruth is hiking in her mom jeans and uh, she sits on a bench alone and Nate is embracing a crying widow. And uh, yeah, we kind of finish off that and we go into our end scene here. Um, any comments before we go into that? Or um, no, I have comments about that one. But Okay, well, I'll, I'll, let me just recap it. Uh, Nate talks to Lisa about not being planned. He doesn't like knowing that his whole existence is an accident. It's too random. And Lisa says that things happen the way they're meant to. And Nate thinks that's just too fatalistic. He wants to think that we're here by the choices we make. I have um, a question about this scene. Good. Uh, all right. Do you guys think that Lisa got pregnant on purpose during Nate's trip to Seattle? Nope. Okay. Because I was wondering here. That didn't uh, occur to me. When Nate was talking about that, about how Maya was planned and or how Maya wasn't planned and he wasn't either and all that, uh, Lisa seemed really like overly focused on cleaning that counter and she didn't seem to want to, you know, look hmm. Nate in the eye during that. So I kind of. Yeah, she was just like, yep. <laughs> that's a neat thought. I hadn't really, it hadn't occurred to me, but that's a neat thought, especially yeah, when she says something like thing, things all happen for a reason. Right, yeah, and, and she's always been in love with Nate, and she mm-hmm. she thinks they've been together for eight years, you know? Yeah. So it seems like maybe... And if she wanted know. a baby, what better than the person you love to have a baby from, even if you can't be with them and you have to right. do it on your own, at least, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But what I got from the conversation is that um, this is not a real reality again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That this was choices that he was making in his head during the surgery and that he could make different choices and have things turn out differently, you know, like. Well, especially when he says, he says, uh, I think I dreamed this moment. 
And I'm thinking to myself, right. you've dreamed this whole episode, Nate. <laughs> Please, God, let this be jealous. And you're going to wake up in the shower and realize it was a dream. Oh. All right. Well, let me just finish this uh, recap here. Um, yeah, Lisa just says if Nate didn't just happen, his, his parents might not have made a choice to have David and Claire. David doesn't, or Nate doesn't want to think that things that happen. Maybe we are, maybe we're not. Um, oh, maybe, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm like trying to read my notes, uh, uh, and they're terrible. Uh, so we kind of see that the whole deja vu moment happened, the whole conversation that he was having with Lisa in his dream. And then he comes to realization of it and he says, he thinks he dreamed all this and, uh, he caresses Lisa's face, makes some faces at Maya and then lays his head on Lisa's chest. And, um, I mean, go ahead. I mean, I I got something out of this. Uh, I don't maybe maybe totally different than the rest of you, but feel free to continue with what you were. What well, okay, I was just thinking. God, no! I was looking at the time left in my on my DVD for the episode, mm-hmm. and I kept. And I'm thinking, just wake up, Nate! <laughs> just wake up. Yeah. That's well, what I'm faded to white. Faded to white, and I'm like, fade to white, was. and then show him yeah. in the OR waking up. Yes, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen, too. And then it was credits, and I was like, what the fuck? Yes, <laughs> I agree. Welcome to season three. This this is the choice. Uh, this is the choice that Nate, Nate made. This is what I got out of it, that he had a choice. He had all these different things presented to him during his um, his brief, uh, his, well, whatever, the, the 15 minutes at the beginning of the episode, the... And uh, Nathaniel leading him into these different places. But um, this is what he decided to do when he opened that casket. I think oh, God, I hope you're not right. I, I, I hope that. I, 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 I hate to burst your bubble, but this, this, is, this, is, this is the choice. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're going to cry now. I mean, I don't, I, I so don't think there's any. I, I think that's what the end of this episode really, really says is that, you know, Nate saying that we're here by the choices we made, and this is the uh, this is the choice he made. He he came out of it and he made this right. choice to be with Lisa and to be there for Maya and to avoid the things that you can be, you can be there, there for, for Maya without being with Lisa. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I'm, we're saying the same thing. Yes, you can be there for Maya without having to marry Lisa. Oh. Yeah, you know. No, this is just ridiculous. Um, this season's going to suck even harder, apparently. <laughs> oh, not to mention, okay, we have to deal with Rico the douchebag for the entire season yep. because Des yep. was proven right, I so I'm horrified by that. I just don't understand that. how you could watch this episode and go, this is all going to be a dream. This whole thing is going to be a dream. I mean, so I mean how can you I actually, that? I, I did, the first time I watched it, I had the exact same feelings they did. I was yeah. like, it's a dream, Even and it better be a dream because there's no way you should be marrying Lisa, you know? I was having the exact same thoughts they were having and yeah. and all those flash i mean they keep having all this flashbacks so it keeps yeah. seeming like yes. this isn't real you know it's still part yeah. of the dream world but so in, why if it wasn't for the flashbacks that... i wouldn't think that but you know exactly. so why put all that crap in there and, and with the weird lighting and the rest of it if it isn't surreal yeah why oh, I think that was why why alan ball why <laughs> <laughs> the who's and who filler various <laughs> i will i will say though as much as i hated it at first i know I now really like this episode. Yeah. Because you've got the advantage of the rec- retrospectoscope and you know what's going to happen later. And I'm sitting it's not here. Even the, it's not even that. It's, it's just, uh, I think, uh, I think it's, it's just pretty, it's just cool. It's just, uh, 
Uh, I love the whole. I don't know. I I, I think of uh, of Nathaniel as somewhere. I just between, uh, uh, okay. I don't believe that if you were with Lisa and you had the opportunity for eight years to choose to be with this woman, that now that you knocked her up, you're going to suddenly make a life with her. How, what what right. is that? Seriously. Just, just because you got a baby with her, let me tell you, it's better to be stupid, really happy than married parents who <laughs> resent each other. Yeah, but well, they've they've also shown a lot of parallels with between Nate and Lisa and with Nathaniel and Ruth. Yeah, and they, you know, and they eventually came to love each other. So you know, maybe it'll work out. But they had to back then. What what exactly what exactly is appealing about just I mean he knows that Lisa loves him. What so is, what, does is, he, he because Robin, okay, because us? all the way along he took her for granted, okay, used her for sex mm-hmm. once in a while when he felt like it, knew he had this woman who was madly in love with him and he wasn't willing to commit. And I think there is a level of dishonor toward her or not disrespect that's Mm -hmm. the word i'm looking for that's been tantamount in their relationship for eight years that i just don't think is healthy and i feel like you know she's finally getting what she thinks she wants and i just don't know if i buy it that he really truly loves and appreciates her i mean i admit the scene with them when they're lying on the floor together and they're looking at their little baby is very sweet in many ways Mm -hmm. and you kind of want to believe that maybe you know, Nate can be this lovely, caring man and really start to appreciate Lisa for who she is. But if that were the case, why didn't he for eight years? You know, yeah. I think he, she was in the friend zone. And I just, I think you either have that, you know, that connection with somebody on a different level or you don't. And so I, I don't trust it. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, I'm not yeah, saying. I've oh, seen no evidence, no evidence that he's ever really loved her. Yeah. So. Why marry her just because you have a baby with her? That's the dumbest reason to ever to get married. Think about what Brenda was saying to him in the last episode when they had their big fight. That 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 he's so afraid of commitment. I think that that he sees that the fact that he beat death and that he is ready to uh, go on, and, and and now his other biggest fear he's going to beat too is this fear of commitment. So- so he's marrying her because he's proving that he's not afraid of commitment. Another stupid ass reason to get married. Hey, hey, we we're not all uh, 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 perfect beings with all sorts of perfect mind. I mean, Nate isn't the most stable person in the world. I think uh, he does suffer from a little bit of uh, uh, on the fly thinking. <laughs> so, you know. Well, I I think he made a big mistake, and I think that we I don't think you're alone in that. Are gonna have to. We, the audience, are going to have to suffer for his mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's going to be? Do you think it's going to be like, uh, you know, Nate's finally found the one, and everything's going to be hunky dory from here on out? You've got another Uh-oh. thing coming. Uh-oh. This is six feet under. <laughs> Let the drama commence. I just wish Nate had come and had a chat with me. <laughs> Sat down. <laughs> I could have talked it through. I could have shown him, you know, some of his options. <laughs> he was shown his options. Nathaniel uh, played the little Clarence the Angel and showed him everything that... Uh, and you know what's funny is I, I don't even dislike Lisa all that much. That isn't why I'm I'm so adamant. It's because I, I truly think that he's not being true to her. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say? I think in a way she deserves better. Right. She should be able to have her baby and be with a man that actually appreciates her and all of her hippiedom for who she really is. Wow. Yes, because what she has now is the man she wants, 
but he doesn't love her like she wants him to love her. So that's going to suck. I, think, I mean, I think even now, the dumb little thing like parking in the boss's driveway over and over again mm-hmm. when he knows he shouldn't be doing it is not helpful for Lisa. I mean, it's a little tiny thing, but come on, Nate. <laughs> well, he's got a baby and everything like... bringing it in, you know? It could, it, the, uh, Carol could have been just flipping out over nothing. Or it's Nate not caring enough about Lisa's position. Mm. All depends how you read that one. <laughs> could be, could be. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see where it goes, though. I have to admit. If nothing else, the episode got me really intrigued to want to watch the next one. Excellent. So. Yeah, because I wanted it to all be a dream, but apparently it's not going to be. So now I, I just don't want you going to the next episode like, going, it's all a dream. <laughs> this this episode well, began and ended, and the, the, we, I think at the end we've kind of shown that Nate made a choice. It made no sense. It made no sense. The whole episode made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything in the commentary, Robin? There where... is no commentary for this. Oh, episode. that's too bad because I would really love to know what Alan Ball was thinking. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like Mike had the same first impression that Des and I have had. Yeah, yeah and I've, I've showed the the show to other people, and they've had the same impression too yeah. from this episode. So, wow, I guess it's pretty common. Oh, I just hate. I didn't want to talk all the next episode how disappointed they were that it wasn't a dream. <laughs> or, or maybe continue. they just think it was still a dream. It's still a dream. It was go it's on still and a dream. on and on. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Maybe the whole season's a dream. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I think I might have to do some silent mourning. What did you guys be like? So pissed on I me? Mean, like, why would you want to, like, waste your time, you know, uh, with, yeah. with just Especially a bunch because of... they showed so much, you yeah. know. If it was all a dream, it's like Ruth's storyline's a dream and Claire's, it would just be, it'd be pretty silly, I think. That's why I was confused, yeah. because yeah. why are they showing yeah. us... This other stuff. I, I think you just really not real. wanted it to be a dream, though, you know. But I did too. I did too, you know. It's wish fulfillment. I kept hoping. Yeah. And then see, but then the Claire stuff seemed like it could be real to me. That's what got me worried. Right. Oh God. All right. Well, this has been a good okay. discussion. I think. Uh, I think we can break for now and hear from our friends at Castlecast. Heidi. Heidi. Hey. John, what happened to you? You look awful. Uh, I had an accident, but I'll be okay. Listen, I... Where have you been? You're late for recording. That's what I wanted to tell you. Listen, I was hanging a clock in the bathroom, and I slipped, and I hit my head on the toilet. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I I blacked out for a bit. When I came to, I had an epiphany. You know that show on ABC, Castle? I... what? You know, Castle. It's that murder mystery show starring Nathan Fillion. Everyone loves it. Come on, keep up. I'm familiar with it, yes. Okay, well, I was thinking... You may want to sit down for this. I am sitting. Oh, well, then I'll sit. I was thinking we should do a podcast about Castle. You're kidding, right? No, I'm serious. We could do a weekly podcast wherein we talk about the latest news involving the series, its cast and crew. John? Follow that with a recap and review of the latest episode. With emails, voicemails, and a Twitter poll. John? And you know what else? We can even have a music appreciation segment featuring actual score pieces from the show by its composer, Robert Duncan. Seriously, John? Then we can wrap up the show with spoilers. John? Yes? We already have a Castle podcast. Really? Yes, really. It's called CastleCast.net. Don't you remember? Ooh, good name. We should grab it before someone else does. Oh, for the love of... What? You got a better idea? Maybe you should go to the hospital. I think you might have a concussion.
don't be silly. I'm fine. What I should really do right now is go make some album art for the podcast in iTunes. Bam, said the lady. Castlecast.net, the original fan podcast all about the ABC series Castle. Hey, Heidi, you'll never guess what I saw outside just now. A double rainbow. Yep, definitely a concussion. And we're back, and uh, we're still recovering. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but we're all still here. Des hasn't hung up yet, I don't think. I haven't heard anything from her, but... Not yet. <laughs> we'll see how next episode goes. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> the funny thing is, the next episode is called You Never Know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here at the Fisher of the Week, and uh, this is the segment where we award the Fisher family member who's our favorite this week and why so why don't we start with our guest mike mike who is your fisher of the week this week uh i'm going with nate uh i don't agree with his decision to marry lisa as i don't think as like you guys have said i don't really think it was done out of love but more out of feeling of responsibility mm-hmm. uh but it's a really nate centric episode and i think peter krause does a really good job of expressing nate's various emotions throughout it so you can really feel where he's coming from you know in the episode so i'm going with nate <laughs> Um, I'm going to let the silent one think more. <laughs> Moira, you're a little more approachable. <laughs> okay, I um, I had some trouble picking somebody for this one, <laughs> as you can imagine. Well, um, remember, you have a couple more fishers now you can uh, pick from. That's true. Oh, no! Can I pick alternative Lisa's a choice now? <laughs> and Maya... Oh, God. Uh, yeah, really. Pick Maya for her perfect poops. Um, no. You can. I, I am actually going to pick. I, I see. I just. I can't bring myself to pick Nate Junior. Um, because I'm still traumatized, actually. So I'm going to pick Nate Senior because nice. because he was uh, the geeky physicist physicist of the episode. Uh, a la Big Bang Theory, and that really made me laugh. With him and his little checklist when he was asking Nate those questions, yes. he cracked me that's up completely. Scene. So that's who I am picking. <laughs> Des? Well, I don't disagree with what Mike was saying. However, I'm not happy with Nate because hold on, he's hold so, on, hold because on, he's hold still on. a into a robot. Hold on. Um, hold on. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, Des, you still with us? Yes, I'm here. You turn, Sorry. You turned into a Cylon. You want to start that thought over again now that you're all cleared up? How far back do I need to go? No, you just, I would like to agree with... You just started off saying I... I'd um, like to agree with I Rob and something like that. No, I don't disagree with Mike about how Peter Cross did a good job playing Nate. However, I'm not happy with the character of Nate, so I won't be picking him, and I won't be picking David because he's still with Keith. Um, you know, I'm kind of glad that we can now choose more Fishers because I think that I'm going to reserve little Maya Fisher for any time I can't pick anyone else. Anytime <laughs> everybody you else hate sucks. the baby. You I can't do hate the baby. Fisher, but she doesn't do anything but poop. And so <laughs> if I need a character, I'm going to go to her when there's nobody else. But this week I'm going to pick Nate Sr. Because, um... He was there. Oh, I, 
I thought you were going to go with Maya for ruining the episode. <laughs> uh, yes, Nate Senior, totally. Come on, he's awesome. I'm, I'm picking him as well. Uh, <clears throat> I was trying to say earlier, he's, he's something of a cross between Clarence the Angel and the little man from another place in Twin Peaks. Uh, uh, in this episode, it's awesome. He's just mysterious and snarky, and yes, he was uh, definitely giving us some some things to think about uh, during uh, Nate's uh, dream. So, okay, let's get on to our listener eulogy section. We have two bits of Wait, feedback. Did, did Moira <laughs> give her fish of the week? Yep. Mm-hmm. Did I did uh, Nate Senior. Oh, yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Sorry, I don't know. It seemed like there was only... <laughs> no, no, that was very considerate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so our first voice... Or first voicemail, imagine that. Our first email <laughs> is from Tammy. And uh, anybody want to read Yay, that? Yeah, she's caught up. I know, I'm excited. Can I read it? Can I read it? Because I was eliciting it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Tammy says, hi, Underoos. I finally got caught up in the episodes of Six Feet Under. I haven't listened to all the podcasts, but plan to do that this week. Big smiley face. Hope I don't hear too many bad things about us carmies. <laughs> Since she's on the Carnival podcast. Um, oh, and Robin, you have a misty-eyed friend in me. Wish I, could, huh, wish I could be a cyborg, but the tears just keep coming. Oh, well. So let's do a quick discussion on this episode, shall we? So, is Nate really alive? Is this whole episode real? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, Tammy, I feel your pain. Um, oh. It went back and forth so much and so many different things that I didn't know what to believe. And with Nate having all those weird deja vu things, it just made the whole episode feel very dreamlike. I'm waiting yep. for them to have Nate wake up for real. <laughs> In an episode or two. In an episode or two. <laughs> yes, I will just have to I wait agree. to see. You spoiled it, Robin. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you spoiled it. <laughs> Some other... Uh, just like as people start coming to the bitter realization, <laughs> just like, why? Really, I don't think it's a dream anymore. Oh, God. It it's like sad <laughs> medicine. It's just sad. So this is going down. Okay. Um, some other outstanding items in case the whole thing is real. What the fuck? <laughs> Nate married Lisa? That was fast. And did the ladies like the art room scene? Yes, yes, we did. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> Keith and David in couples counseling? Really? I think they just need to be apart. Far apart. Well, yes. I'm off to watch another episode. Talk to you under roads, under roads in episode three. <laughs> yeah, she'll be guesting with us in episode three. So be awesome. I love Thank you, getting, Tammy. That's awesome. Love getting fresh Apparently, the podcast. Tammy agrees with Moira and I, so there you go. Mm-hmm. That's fine. <laughs> she's probably, she's, as, as she's watching episode two, she's probably slowly coming to the realization that it's not a dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, Des, do you want to read Brad's? I would love to. Uh, let's see. The subject is 301 or a series of formal decrees. <laughs> uh, no, not bizarrely cliched, half informed quantum physics faux science. I can't, just can't. This seems a painfully awkward and arbitrary decision, right? Uh, Nate has the haircut of a 10 year old boy with spiteful parents. I didn't notice that. Um, 
Catherine O'Hara. I decree she will be my favorite character of all time. <laughs> How is Rico more of a bitch? How? He needs to be destroyed. Yes. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara is the cat's pajamas. Science fact. Hashtag science fact. As soon as Rico is destroyed, I decree Nate will be taking his place on the dartboard. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I... I his haircut is right along there with the not smoking pot and uh, selling his motorcycle to me. I just think he looks it, more. It was odd. Yeah, he needs to re. It was an odd haircut. It was just sort of shaggy, weird. Yeah. Kept feeding my fantasy that it was all unreal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into our last rights and uh, our final thoughts on the episode and our ratings. Mike, are you ready to give yours? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I love how mysterious the beginning segment is and all the flashbacks kind of added the mysterious feel of it. Uh, and there's some really good quotes in the episode, too. Mm. Um, so it's one of my favorite episodes. So I give it a 10 out of 10 perfectly formed boobs. <laughs> <laughs> what? I love it. I think it's great. What? Excellent. <laughs> but I, then again, I like Twin Peaks, so. You're, you're banished, damn it. <laughs> Des, you wish to offer a counterpoint or a point system, rather? Yes, I will be going with my point system. I did not make a single note on this episode at all, I guess because I was sick and feeling lazy. Um, so I'm just going to go with what I can think of. Um, negative all the points for Nate marrying Lisa and for this not being a dream. And um, when we thought it was a dream... Um, so I'm just going to give it a uh, 2 out of 10. Are you sure it's not a fucking dream, please? <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't believe yes. she could go lower than, what wow. was it, 5 or 4 last season? Oh, I think 3 was the last time. Last time. But, you know, it would have got more points if Robin hadn't said it wasn't a dream. Oh, now it's my wow. fault. Oh, she always blames you, Rob. <laughs> That's all right. Now it's the honest truth there. Oh, well, I'm going to say, I'm really going to send you a picture of my baby's poop now. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Moira? Well, first, apologies to all of our listeners for how often Des and I talked over each other this episode. But I yeah, think crazy. it's, it's a, yeah, it's a testimonial to how, um, how hepped up and bent out of shape we were about this. <laughs> Oh, dear. So, um, however, unlike Des, I, okay, I like the opening sequence, as I said. I agree with Mike on that. I thought it was really smartly done. It was kind of cool. And I kept searching through this episode for more and more evidence it was all a dream. (laughs) So I'm still devastated. But um, despite all that, it, it did get my juices flowing. It did get me interested. It got me you know, kind of horrified, but anything that makes me feel that much, I can't really knock, you know, I, th- that's part of what is the fun of television Excellent. is to get you going. So I am going to give this, um, an eight out of 10, um, bald guys with men in black sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this episode. I love everything about it. And, uh, I love how, uh, uh, just how crazy, like they pretty much, 
kind of they they rebooted the franchise. Uh, <laughs> they brought in uh, uh, a nice crazy uh, dream <laughs> sequence followed by a, a seven seven months later uh, thing, uh, just to really shake the dust off of Six Feet Under and uh, get us into some uh, new territory, which. Uh, uh, doesn't exactly mean all the old territory is gone. So uh, I'm going to give it nine out of ten moments of deja vu mm-hmm. uh, because I, I, I love it. I I cannot handle a lot of change in my TV. <laughs> it, I I'm a person who likes it to stay fairly the same. You know. Basically, so you should be happy that in the next episode that nobody's going to wake up from a dream or anything. No, because it's going to take me at least half the season to deal with the change from season two to season three. Oh. This is not. This is hard for me. It's, this is terrible. There is so much you have to look forward to. Yeah, I hope if, so if, if because right now <laughs> I don't see anything. <laughs> yeah, if you want the status quo, you maybe want to maybe watch on the wrong show here. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a game changer. I'll give them that. Yes. So we'll have to see what they do with it mm-hmm. and see whether they can make me not completely loathe this new reality. <laughs> God, uh, it's not like Fringe where they're going to make up a universe for a few episodes and then all of a sudden everything's going to be totally changed differently. Maybe they should because <laughs> I don't like how this thing's going. Well, did you see all those observers at Nate's, Nate's wake? I, mean, I did. <laughs> Can we get a faux Lisa? <laughs> and yeah. She might be more fun. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's uh, speaking of uh, fish. Fisher cast, let's bury this bass. Yeah. I did that in honor of the uh, spoof at the beginning of the episode. Good. Rob, that's good stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. Um, okay, visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. Leave us a voicemail at 15412inbalm. Visit us on Facebook. Or you can email us at fishercast1 at gmail.com. You can leave a voice memo there, too. That works very well. And we love your feedback because it just makes this so much more fun. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mike, for uh, being on this episode and just coming in out of the blue. Uh, can we hear you anywhere else? Or uh, is there anywhere that you want people to check out that you're a part of? Or? Nope, this is it. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> we'll revisit this episode frequently to hear more, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe we'll, uh, we'll we'll get you in on an episode in season four. Um, it, we'll, sure, we'll definitely talk. Um, so, uh, no no Twitter handles or anything like that. You're not on the Facebook. I'm nowhere. Awesome. <laughs> wow! Wow! We're honored it. then because you're here. I love it. Yeah. And uh, all right, so we're gonna get to oh, uh, Des. Yeah. <laughs> Please, what is what are we spotlighting this week? Well, this week, in honor of the Christmas Spectacular, I'm going to plug Nonsense Cast, which I do with a different mic, um, and we talk about nonsense. And this past week, our Christmas Spectacular, we did parody. We, I say we, I, I participated in a few, but there were parodies of a lot of the podcasts in our podcasting family, including this one, FisherCast, which you heard at the beginning of the show. But there was also a media junkyard and um, potential cast and all kinds of fun uh, parodies. Wow, the uh, the Bitch Please parody where you were constantly being thrown under the bus 
was Molly was spot on. It was Molly was spot on. She had me. She had me nailed. (laughs) She was hilarious. Gosh, she's she's funny. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how about the Twitter? No. No, no Twitter for you. I thought she wasn't advertising her Twitter anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. At be please. I only want to follow friends. Be pleased. Yeah. Um, Yes. Exactly. You can find Moira jerking before falling asleep, and uh, <laughs> oh my god! What, <laughs> what was that? Des? I thought you were going to say jerking till three. No, so did I. I was podcast. about to say, please. No, we're talking about uh, that was a six feet under reference. Excuse me. I know. I know that yeah. afterward. That I was very, that's where you were going okay. at first. It's, it, yeah, me either. Oh. It was really clever. We don't need to overanalyze it. I write these every week. Um, you can also find Moira at Moira Brown with an E on the Twitter. And you can find me on Redemption Cast, um, which is an angel intro cast, and as well on the Twitter at El Robinero. And that's it for Fisher Cast this week. <laughs> Next week, your homework is You Never Know. And we'll have our returning uh, friend, Claire. Here to discuss that with us. As for Perfect Circles, we therefore commit this episode to the ground, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. Bye. Bye. It's not a dream. Oh, Lord. (laughs) You said, I'm gonna buy this place and burn it down. I'm gonna put it six feet underground I said I'm gonna buy this place and watch it fall Stand here beside me baby in the crumbling walls Oh I'm gonna buy this place and start a fire Stand here until I feel all your heart's desires Because I'm gonna buy this place and see it burn And do back the things it did to you in return So
Just sit down there and you wonder why. 